Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. I wonder if you'd turn to 2 Peter, please. We've we've decided to um, just do things a little bit differently in these first few months and not not have a particular theme as such, other than the theme of wanting to be very um, open to everything that God wants to do to enable us to be a little bit more flexible in how we do things. And um, I couldn't think of a better way of opening the scriptures at the start of this year than in these verses in 2 Peter chapter 1. So we're going to read from verses 1 to verse 15. Enjoy. Okay, everybody there? I hear the sound of rustling and swiping, but I prefer the sound of rustling. (laughs) Simeon Peter, a slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal privilege with ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. For his divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. We should read that one again, shouldn't we? For his divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. By these, he's given us very great and precious promises. should read that again. He's given us very great and precious promises. So that through them, you may share in the divine nature. We should read that three times. You may share in the divine nature. You may share in the divine nature. Escaping the corruption that's in the world because of evil desires. For this reason, we make, uh, for this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness. Goodness with knowledge. Knowledge with self-control. Self-control with endurance. Endurance with godliness. Godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. And Therefore, brothers, make every effort to confirm your calling and election Because if you do these things, you will never stumble. 
For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be richly supplied to you. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you know them and are established in the truth you have. I consider it right, as long as I'm in this tent, to wake you up with a reminder, knowing that I will soon lay aside my tent, as our Lord Jesus Christ has also shown me. And I will also make every effort that after my departure, you may be able to recall these things at any time. Wonderful verses. I want to talk this morning about starting well because we lack nothing. We lack nothing. And that we know, we're going to come around the Lord's table in a few minutes' time, that we know that today, for tomorrow, for every challenge we face and will face, for every opportunity we have, for all our friends, for all our family, for this year, we lack nothing. There's nothing you and I will need that we don't have. There's nothing you will require this year that you haven't already got. You're complete. I'm complete. We're fit. We're ready. And you say, really? Is that really the case? We have everything we need. Absolutely the case. This is what we read, that knowing Jesus transforms everything for us. And Peter, as long as he's alive, and even after his death, he wants to be able to remind us that his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. He goes on to say, doesn't he, we have these very great and precious promises so that we may participate in the divine nature. Wow. In the message, it puts it like this. He says, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we ever received. And we were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. Folks, we can enter this new year brimming with confidence. Brimming with confidence. What does it all mean, though? And what, um, what have we been given? And how can we possibly participate in the divine nature? I've um, been thinking about this over the last few weeks, and I think the the key to grasping what Peter's saying, to applying this in our lives, is to go back to the beginning of our walk with him and realize what happened to us. I'd like to take you back to Acts chapter 2, where this is very well explained. We have to understand what happened to us in our conversion, in our, in our um, new birth, in our regeneration, what was it that happened to us? And this is how those things are described in Acts chapter 2. If we take verse 36, um, these, are, these are familiar verses. We refer to them a lot. We base all our, all our joining of the church on the, around these verses. 
Acts 2.36, after Peter's preached on the day of Pentecost, he says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what must we do? That's the question. If Jesus is Lord and Messiah, what must we do? Here's the answer. Repent, Peter said to them, and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus, the Messiah, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified, and he strongly urged them, saying, be saved from this corrupt generation. And verse 41 says, those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 of them were added to the church. At the start of our new life with God, four vital things happened to us. Number one, we repented. Number two, we were baptized. Number three, we received the gift of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2.38. And number four, Acts 2.41, we were added to his church. We repented. We were baptized. We received the gift of the Spirit and we were added to the church. And I want to put it to us at the start of this year that the combined effect of those four things is to give you and me everything we need for life and godliness. To participate in the divine nature. It's because of these four wonderful things that we lack nothing. It's because of these four wonderful aspects of this great transformation that's taken place in our lives that as Paul says, I can do all things in Christ, through Christ who strengthens me. And when we, when we sit here this morning, there's many pressures, there's many voices all around us to distract us, to divert us, to frustrate us, and to tempt us to think that we need so much more to be a success, more friends, more money, more knowledge, more stuff. But the truth is, we already have all that we need. When we turn to God in repentance, it's so important we think about these things before we come to the Lord's table this morning. When we turn to him in repentance, we made peace with him. Our sin was covered. Our consciences were cleansed. Our past was forgiven. We found an anchor for our souls. We found assurance. We found security. We found confidence. As Peter says in his, in his letter, we, we escaped the corruption of the world. Folks, we were born again with a fresh start with a new page, and with, and with a means of staying clean. All that happened for us in our repentance, when we put faith in God. When we obeyed Jesus in our baptism, in our, in our immersion, in our water baptism as believers, when we obeyed Jesus in baptism, we slammed the door shut on the past. 
All our enemies were cut off. They were drowned. We were washed clean. We buried the old life. And we started afresh in a new resurrection life. When we received the gift of the Holy Spirit, when we were baptized in the Holy Spirit, we opened the door to the future. We began to taste the powers of the age to come. We began to cultivate those wonderful Christ-like fruit of the Spirit. We began to have access to those amazing, powerful gifts of the Spirit. Say more about those two things in just a moment. Wow. Now we start to realize, friends, we lack nothing. We lack nothing. When we were added to the church, to the body of Christ, we came into an expression of his alternative society. We embraced a kingdom way, a kingdom culture. We, we, we came into a covenant community of faithful friends, of loving leaders. We must not underestimate what God did for us, what knowing Jesus means. Because I think this year more than ever, if we're going to set the dial at mission mode, turn the dial, set, set things where we want them to be, then it, it will be so important that we're really confident in who we are and what our true nature is. We must be distinct. We must stand out. We must stand out for God. When, when so much of the so-called church is, is no different to the world, how vital that God has a people who stand out and are distinct. You and I are different. We've been born again. We've been baptized in water. We've been filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're part of his church. And maybe we need to start living in the good of all that more fully. But fundamentally, you and I lack nothing. Perhaps you just turn to your best friend or whoever you're sitting there. The stranger, you're sitting there. But just would you turn to... And, and sincerely, sincerely tell one another, we lack nothing. You lack nothing. You have everything you need. We lack nothing. Would you turn to Galatians chapter 5? Because... I want to just focus a little bit on these fruit and these gifts. It's so important for us this, this year. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Russell, 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 swish, swish, swish. Swipe, swipe, swipe. If, you, if you're following on a phone right now, maybe you could just reach across to your neighbor and rustle, rustle their pages. That would be good. Galatians 5, the important thing is the word is here. I do, I do understand. <laughs> so Galatians 5, 22 says this. It lists 
nine fruit of the Spirit. Don't worry too much about the number of them because um, the Spirit has many fruit, but there's a, there's, a, there's a description here of nine things that are called the fruit of the Spirit. Um, to get the context properly, you need to read the verses above it where it talks about the, the works of the flesh. And then it contrasts the works of the flesh. In fact, let's just do that. Verse 19, the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar about which um, I will tell you about which I tell you in advance, as I told you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, okay, maybe we want to say these out loud as we go through them, is love, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there's no law. And now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. Galatians 5 lists these fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's a little bit like that list in 2 Peter where he says, add to your faith, and he goes through a list of things. These fruit are Christ's character growing in us. Christ's character growing in us. And they give us all that we need to navigate life, to navigate relationships, to deal with pressures, to deal with temptations. They give us all we need to stay close to God whatever the storms. These fruit are all you need to display Christ's character in your workplace, in your uni or college, at school, in your family, amongst your friends. The fruit of the Spirit are all that we need to live in harmony as a body. Now would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12, where there's another list, another nine things, described as the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, verse... We'll read from verse 7. One Corinthians twelve seven. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person to produce what is beneficial. To one is given a message of wisdom or a word of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. These are totally supernatural things. Talk about natural knowledge, natural wisdom. We're talking about a gift of the Spirit, a supernatural impartation of a of a of a revelation of some wisdom or some knowledge by the same Spirit. 
verse 9, to another faith by the same spirit, a gift of faith. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. The discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of languages or tongues. And to another, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each one as he wills. It's a list of nine gifts of the Spirit, supernatural gifts, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, distinguishing spirits, tongues, interpretation. If the fruit of the Spirit are Christ's character growing in us, these gifts are Christ's love and power flowing through us, flowing out from us. Jesus says in John chapter 12, he says, you will do greater things than I've done because I'm going to the Father. I'm going to send you the Spirit. This is, this is the power of God, the, the heart of God, the love of Christ flowing through us in power through these wonderful gifts. And they are all you need to advance the kingdom of God, to defeat the enemy, to, to demolish strongholds. They're all you and I need to see breakthroughs in locked up situations. They're all we need to manifest Christ's power in the workplace, in college or uni, at school, in the family. They're all we need to live victoriously as a church. And they're all we need to demonstrate the love and power of Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 1 verse 7, at the start of this letter, he writes to the church, he says, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. I, I, love, I love looking across the room like this. Just take a look. Just have, have a good look around. Can you just begin to imagine the cumulative potential of all the gifts of the Spirit operating across this body, out into the world, into all our workplaces, all our colleges, all our schools, all our families, all our situations, the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit working to demonstrate the character and the love and power of Jesus. What a wonderful thought. Let your imagination go wild, folks. I think that with his fruit with his fruit growing in my life, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, I can rule the inner man. And I think that with his gifts working in my life, faith, healing, miracles, wisdom, knowledge, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues and interpretations, I can rule every external situation. And when they are combined, oh boy, when they are combined, when these two twin manifestations of the Spirit are seen together because they were never ever intended to be separated, 
We're not to be people who pursue the fruit and ignore the gifts, or pursue the gifts and ignore the fruit. When these are combined, as God has always intended, there's great balance, isn't there? Nine fruit, nine gifts. I believe there are more. But, but, but the scripture presents a balance for us because they are to go together. And when these things go together, when the church, when the world meets the real church, repentant men and women, baptized in water so that the past is cut off, having received the gift of the Spirit so that the future is opened up, and moving powerfully in all the fruit and all the gifts, then the world sees Christ himself. We display the divine nature which we participate in. In Ephesians, it tells us the church is to be the fullness of Christ. To display Christ in all his fullness. That means full of his divine nature. Full of his character. Full of his power. Full of his personality. Full of his charisma. And I just think, maybe I'm just a simple chap, that the fruit and gifts of the Spirit are all we need for our mission. The greatest act of Jesus was to go away and send the Spirit. The ultimate act of Jesus was to baptize us in the Spirit. We just need to live in the good of it. An intimacy with Him. An intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Meaning that we talk with Him, we share with Him. He, he lives our lives with us. Reflecting on, um, on Mandy's life this week, one thing's for sure, Jesus was her best friend. Amen. She talked to him. She talked to the Spirit. She lived a, a life of intimacy with the Spirit. She was a wonderful example of that. Paul says we must sing and make music in our hearts. There should be a sound of, a sound of music and joy and singing in our homes. By the way, none of this costs a penny. We're not talking about the, the latest speakers around the house. This is singing and making music in our heart to the Lord. Stirring up the life of the Spirit. Speaking in tongues, a consistent devotional life. Honoring Him, obeying His promptings. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. Through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness, we've received very great and precious promises so that we may, I still can't quite grasp it, so that we may participate wow. in the divine yeah. nature. Wow. Hallelujah. Wow. Don't minimize these things. Don't minimize the power of repentance. Don't mistake the power of these two great baptisms. And don't miss out on the power of being added to the body. A, a proper, a full, and authentic Acts 2.38 conversion is essential for every one of us in this room. Amen. When God saved us and declared us new creations, he was restoring you and me back to his original purpose. And um, this new birth we've come into enables us to live as he always intended. You see, when you go right to the beginning of your Bible, to Genesis 1 and 2, and before the fall you find a, a man and a woman who were at peace with God, who'd been empowered and commissioned to rule. 
and to reign, who were free to enjoy all the fruit in the garden and were living in perfect harmony with one another. Well, friends, now once again, you and I are at peace with God. We've been empowered to rule. We have power through the gifts of the Spirit to rule. We're free to enjoy all the fruit, all the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and to live in harmony with one another as we're added to the church. We've been restored back to Eden. Paradise has been regained. But restoration always involves getting back more than we've lost. There's always sort of compensation involved. And we have more than Adam ended up with. Because he was forced out of the garden. He was prohibited from tasting of the tree of life and living forever. But we have tasted of the age to come. We've, as it were, we've eaten from the tree of life. And unlike Adam, we are a new race that will live forever. We're participating in the divine nature, the eternal nature. It's interesting as well that uh, right at the beginning... Our conversion takes us back to the way everything began. Because right at the beginning in Genesis 1 and verse 2, it tells us that the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. There was spirit and there was water. When Jesus was baptized himself in water, it says as he came up out of the water, the Spirit descended upon him. There was spirit and there was water. When we're born again, Jesus said, you must be born of water and the Spirit. That was what our new birth was. Our new birth was was a new birth by the Spirit. And then he says, you're to be baptized in water and the Spirit. God starts everything with water and Spirit. And our new birth should remind us that we have been taken right back to to the way God began everything. So I think a great key for us, we're going to share the bread and wine in a moment, to succeeding in mission mode in 2018 is to know the power of our new birth, to be confident as we manifest the fruit and gifts of the Spirit, as we participate in that divine nature. Success this year is not about the gym or the Fitbit or the diet or the social media friends, or the promotion, or the pay rise, or the house move. Although those things may happen, and they may be a great blessing. But real success this year, the success of being distinct, of representing him authentically, I believe will very much depend on cultivating the fruit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it won't cost us a penny. Well, it might cost you something. Imagine the potential. Imagine the impact of hundreds of people born again, belonging, and baptized in water and the Spirit, invading the world around us. I want to finish by just highlighting one aspect of the fruit of the Spirit particularly. And um, if you go back to Galatians 5, there's a list there. And there's one, this is a little bit like the overlooked fruit. 
I think. If there's such a thing. If there could be such a thing. It just seems this, this fruit of the Spirit is maybe a little overlooked. And it's this... Um, it's the fifth one in. Kindness. We talk a lot about love. We're familiar with ideas of joy and peace. But there's this fruit, kindness. And what that word means is, um, is really interesting. God has been impressing this upon me as something for me and something for us, I believe. The word used means usable, well fit for use. It's what is really needed. Meeting real needs in God's way, in his timing, in his fashion. It's the spirit-produced goodness which meets the need and avoids human harshness, cruelty. And uh, one, of the, one, of the, um, one of the things I read to try and understand this word says, we have no term that quite carries this notion of, of, of the way kindness and goodness come together in this word. There's not much kindness on display out there, is there? We seem to be in a culture where cruelty and harshness and bullying and argument and criticism and judgment and claim and counterclaim and fighting and politics, in politics, in sport, across social media, across the news, where the dominant thing is self-serving and profiteering and injustice and exploitation, people can be so unkind, so unfair, so lacking in grace. We can be like that sometimes. Judgmental, so competitive, so un... It seems to me the world is awash with unkindness. And we can make a difference. Simple, kind acts. Sincere, kind words. Maybe some secret kind thoughts. Kindness. Giving people what's really needed. Meeting real needs in God's way. In his timing. The spirit produced goodness which meets the need and avoids human harshness. In Ephesians 2 verse 7. In verse 6 it says, He raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. In uh, Titus 3 and verse 4, could somebody just shout this out from the, from the NIV? Titus 3 verse 4. NIV? John, thank you. And verse 5, sorry. 4 and 5.
thank you. When the kindness and love of God appeared. It's talking about Jesus. He was the kindness of God. He expressed the kindness of God. He was the kindness of God personified. When the kindness of God appeared, he saved us. Kindness is an attribute of God. That's why it's a fruit of the Spirit. And we're to participate in it. And being kind this year means being kind in thought, being kind in word, being kind in deed. It'll be decisions we take. It'll be a, it'll be a determination. It'll be, a, it'll be a, a, a decision to be kind. It'll be weighing up the options and choosing to be kind. It'll be looking at all the alternatives and instead being kind. Is this, is this reaching? You understand what I'm saying? I want us to be known for many things, don't you? Our integrity, our passion, our convictions, our purity, our security, our health, our well-being, our power, our faith for miracles, for generosity, for abundance. But let's also be known for being kind. Let our world, our culture, our society, everything we're responsible for, let it be awash with kindness. Hallelujah. We start this year with everything we need. We lack nothing. Everything required for life and godliness. Because if we've repented, we've got peace with God. If we've been baptized, we're free from the power of the past. If we've received the Spirit in all His fullness, we have access to all His power, all His gifts, all His love outworked. And if we've been added to His body, we've been joined to the most wonderful family in heaven and on earth. That's why we lack nothing. That's how we participate in the divine nature. That, I believe, is how we will fulfill our mission this year. So we're going to come to the Lord's table together. And um, as we do so, this is, this is how I'd encourage us to come. For me, it feels like um, I need to decide where I want to set the dial this year. To set the dial. There are many great and precious promises that we bring into this year with us because they still stand. But there may be some things we don't want to bring in with us this year. We want to reset the dial. It may be you're in the room this morning and um, you're not a believer. You've not given your life to Jesus Christ. You've not repented of sin and received his forgiveness. There's no better time than this morning to be right with God. And if you would like to talk with us about how that could happen for you this morning, how you can enjoy the life that he has for you, we would really love to talk with you about that. Come and find me and I'll point you in the right direction. Maybe this morning you come and you've not really um, experienced the fullness of that conversion I described. Maybe there's some kind of decision, but I'm talking about a repentance from sin, a baptism in water, 
a baptism in the Holy Spirit and being added to the body. Maybe one of those things is missing. When you go through the book of Acts, you find the apostles are always correcting anything that's missing amongst those foundational things. Maybe today is a day where you need to decide that this is where you're added. And stop visiting and put yourself in with us. We'd love to talk to you about that. Maybe this morning we come and we're just saying, Lord, I'm setting the dial. I want, to, I want to be schooled by you this year in what it is to cultivate all those fruit and move in all those gifts. Maybe it's deciding that your life will be awash with kindness. But however we come, let's set the dial ready for a wonderful new year together. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Instagram.